All right. So, um, yeah, as the kids, as the kids exit, uh, I want to invite the rest of you to open your copy of God's indestructible word to the book of Philippians. We'll be in chapter 3 today, okay? So Philippians chapter 3, starting in verse 7. And if you're using one of the Bibles that we provide for you, it's page 981 of maybe the Bibles that you provide, uh, we provided when you walked in. Well, um, let me uh, just say we're so grateful, again, that, that you were able to come and uh, join us for Easter Sunday. Uh, this is obviously uh, the kind of Sunday of Sundays in the uh, journey of the church year because this is the Sunday that we celebrate how Jesus has uh, accomplished his crowning, his most glorious achievement by rising from the dead. And so whether you are brand new to the story or whether this story has really shaped your life for many years, um, we expect that today will be a great day of encouragement. Uh, if you are new to Redemption Hill, we would love for you to take the Connect card that you received when you walked in and just let us know how you found out about us. Uh, we promise not to, you know, uh, share your information with others. Okay, we have much uh, more secure uh, privacy policies than Facebook, okay? Um, so we will uh, do our best just to hit you up and, and thank you for joining us and, um, and just make ourselves available to you. Um, at moving forward. Well, um, Redemption Hill is, if you want to know a little bit about our church, we are very passionate about helping people on their spiritual journey. That, that, that is why we're here. This is why we started this church uh, just a little more than seven years ago. And so this morning, my hope for each one of us, okay, and I, and I hope you don't take that as like, you know, the pastor is supposed to say that, and it really means he's talking to someone else, okay? No, my hope for every single person in the room, myself included, is that we will be exposed to the story of Jesus in fresh and surprising ways, okay, number one, but then number two, my hope for us is that Today serves as a catalytic moment that encourages us and even changes us way beyond today. You see, this is what the story of Jesus is all about. And yet, as we understand, the story of Jesus can quickly be reduced to something that only affects our eternal state, life after death. But the story of Christianity tells us that the power of the resurrection is not only for the afterlife, the power of the resurrection is for this life. It is for today and it is for tomorrow. And so this is so important because deep down, listen, I know we all long for something more. We desire more purpose, more satisfaction, more hope. And so the message of Easter is that there is more. Because Jesus is alive, there is more. 
So this is what I want to share with you from the words of a man named Paul. Paul was uh, one of the most influential, arguably most, the most influential leader in the early church. The early church's greatest thinker, theologian, missionary, like actual worker of like helping people get to know Jesus. And so Paul is sharing his story here in Philippians chapter 3. And we're going to pick up in verse uh, 7 and read down through 11. So you can uh, read along uh, in your copy of God's Word, or you can follow along uh, on the screen as I read these verses for us. This is what Paul says. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Let's pray one more time. Father, may we receive these words not as from the words of a man on a stage. But God, they're your very words, your very story of how you've ordered our world and shaped our world and you're, you're, you're changing us and shaping our lives. And so, God, just that very hope that I shared, Lord, we pray that today because of Jesus, because of his life, death, and resurrection, Lord, you would do amazing things in us today. And every single one of us today, we pray in the name of Christ. Amen. So Paul is sharing his story, okay? And he's really kind of sharing it in three parts, okay? He's, he's looking back at his past, all right? He's talking about his present, but then he's also uh, looking into the future and seeing what lies before him. Okay? And so as we think about this idea that because Jesus is alive, there is more, we first see that Paul is saying there is more than our past experiences. Look back at verse 7 as he begins. He says, but whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. And so as Paul looks back on his former life before he met Jesus, okay, Paul had some serious credentials, okay? Um, His resume was absolutely stacked, all right? If, If you were to ask anyone in the first century, hey, what about this guy, the Apostle Paul from, you know, uh, Jerusalem, uh, you know, what about this guy? They would say, yeah, that guy had his act together, okay? And he talks about this in verses four through six earlier in the chapter. So just listen to this, and he begins by talking about his kind of background or his ancestry, uh, of, which was really important to the Jewish people, okay? So number one, he says uh, that he has 
reason, if, if, though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also, okay, and then listen to this. He says, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have Okay, so he's saying, like, if, if you think your life is going well, okay, then just look at my life, and you're going to see that uh, I have even more reason to kind of brag and boast about my life before God. And so this is what he says. He says in verse uh, 5, he says, uh, I was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. Okay, so this is all about his ancestry, and then he goes into his religious accomplishments. Okay, so listen to this. He says, um, as to the law, a Pharisee, right? The, the Pharisees were, were very strict, meticulous keepers of God's law. They, they knew it backwards and forwards, okay? So, so Paul knew what God wanted, okay? And then he says, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, okay? Talking about Christians. So before Paul became a Christian, he was a Jewish man who was actually persecuting anyone who opposed his understanding of the Jewish law, okay? So he's saying, I knew the law. I opposed anyone who stood against the law. And then finally, he says, uh, as to righteousness under the law, meaning like keeping God's commands, he says, I was blameless, all right? In other words, not just knowing the law, not just opposing those who uh, oppose the law, but actually keeping it myself. Listen, I had it all together, Paul's resume was stacked. He's saying, I had game, I handled my business. Some may equal my devotion to God, but few would eclipse my devotion to God. But this is Paul's view of himself until he met the one with the better resume. Okay? The one one who has the better resume is none other than Jesus Christ himself, okay? So if we go back and we read in the book of Acts, chapter 9, we're going to see that that this man, uh, Paul, met Jesus, okay? And when he met Jesus, he realized, okay, wow, this Jesus really lived a perfect life. He really died a sacrificial death in my place. He really rose again on the third day after his death. And consequently, as you look at all of these credentials on the resume of Jesus, that last one that he rose from the dead, okay, that confirms the the final uh, truth that Jesus is God. And so now for Paul, as he's looking at his resume against the resume of Christ, as he's looking at his life versus the life that Jesus wanted him to live, he is now saying, look, whatever I can, whatever I counted as gain, I now count as loss for the sake of Christ. And so he, he goes on and, and says, look, this watershed moment in my life, now I have been changed, I have been transformed, and, and now I am uh, totally viewing Jesus as having supreme and infinite worth. All right, just, just think about this with me for a moment. Um, have you ever considered something valuable, and then you experience something that just has much, much more value. I mean, you know, take for example, I, you could come over to my home, all right, and I could pull out some, you know, goods in the fridge, and I could make you a sandwich for lunch. 
Or we could drive down to Bob's Italian Foods and you could buy a chicken parm. You know what I'm saying? Like there is, there is a qualitative, you know, difference between what I can provide for you and what they can provide for you. Um, what, about, what about this? My daughter, Parker, she played basketball for the first time, which was really cool for me because, you know, I was a basketball player growing up. My father was a basketball coach. And so, um, you know, we could go um, on a Sunday afternoon to the St. Francis third and fourth grade girls basketball league. And I'm telling you, it would be amazing, all right? You would love it, all right? Shout out Coach Steve. Shout out Coach Riccioli, okay? And, um, you know, the score would be, you know, Six to four. Wait, wait, hold up. At the end of the game, all right? At the end of the, or we could go sit in, you know, Loge 12 of the garden and watch Kyrie and the Celtics take, take care of business. A little bit of difference there. Here's another one. Here's another one. All other women. Come on now. You know where I'm going. My wife. Hold on. It gets better. My pregnant wife. Yes. Wait, it gets better. My pregnant wife who was carrying a boy. Come on. Yes. Yes. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Listen, and for those of you that are new to Redemption, okay, like, look, in, my, in, my, in our family, okay, it goes three-year-old girl, six-year-old girl, nine-year-old girl. Baby boy, yes. Thank you, Jay. Hey, hey, Jesus is alive because Jesus still answers prayer. Come on. Come on. You, you, did, you, you catch that? Yeah, you got it. Jesus, like, he, he hears us. Uh, so this is, this, is, this is so, so good. Um, once we see, listen, once we see, once you see the infinite worth of Jesus Christ, Everything changes. Everything that you counted so valuable before, listen, the degrees on your wall, the money in your bank account, the accomplishments at work, your reputation, your image. By the way, you're looking good today, all right? Good job, way to go. You're looking nice, you're looking fresh, all right? But, but listen, all of these things that we strive for in life, by, which by the way, it's not that I'm not devaluing these things. I'm not saying they're not worthy pursuits. I'm just saying we need to put these things in proper perspective, okay? That none of these even come close for us to like Paul who was once putting his identity and his worth in these things, this resume, now in comparison to Christ, like, no, we are now living for him. This is why Jesus would speak to the crowds. Listen to this. Maybe you've heard these words before. When Jesus spoke to the crowds, he said, if anyone wants to come after me and follow me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And then he says this. Listen, for what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and yet forfeit his very soul. Listen, Jesus is saying you can have everything. You can have everything this world has to offer. And yet, if you do not have Jesus, you have nothing. Wow. But the good news of Christianity, the good news of Jesus is that he 
offers us this new life. He changes our pursuits, and now he welcomes us back home to God to have this relationship with God through his life, death, and resurrection. So listen, because Jesus is alive, there is more than our past experiences, but Paul goes on to talk about there is also more than our current experiences. There's more than our current experiences. Look, look, look again, and I just want you to listen very carefully. Pay special attention to how Paul is talking about, listen, his very personal relationship with Jesus Christ, okay? That's, that's, that's a current reality for him, okay? He, he goes on and he says, indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. You see, Paul's greatest pursuit in life, and by the way, consequently, our greatest pursuit in life should be Knowing God and knowing God more deeply than the day before. Can you believe, like, can you believe that the God who made everything the eye can see and cannot see actually wants to have a relationship with every single one of us? Like, like if, if you're new to the story of Christianity, maybe you just need to be refreshed on this kind of key point, okay? God is not a cosmic boss, okay, that is saying you need to fulfill a set of rituals or a list of do's and don'ts. That's not who God is. God is a loving father with his arms open wide saying, come back home. I want to have a relationship with you. And so this is what Paul's talking about. He's saying, now that my values have been flipped upside down, I want to know Christ. I want to gain Christ. I want to be found in Christ. But for you astute thinkers out there, you may be saying, like, well, hold on, Paul. Why are you saying I want to gain Christ if you already have Christ? Why, why, would, why, why would Paul say, I, 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 does, he not, like, does he not have Christ? If he's saying, I've experienced Christ and I count him as surpassing worth, but I want to gain him? Here's the, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Don't miss this. With Jesus, there is always more. Because Jesus is God, our pursuit of him is an infinite pursuit It is an exploration of the inexhaustible. We never reach the bottom. There is always more to experience in our relationship with Christ. I mean, Paul had known Christ for 30 years, okay? He had done history-making, changing things for Jesus, and yet this most influential person is saying, I want to know Christ more. I want to gain Christ. I want to be found in him. And so listen, maybe, maybe one of the most profound things you could hear from me this morning is that whatever your experience of Jesus, whether you are just new to Christianity, whether you maybe are a new believer in Christ, whether you have followed Christ for many, many years, listen, there is more for you in him today and tomorrow. 
So go after him. Pursue him. Open up this book. Continue to worship. Continue to, to hang with other people who are going to encourage you in your faith. Paul wanted to gain Christ, and he wanted to be found in him. And this is, so, this is so important for us to understand because what Paul is doing is, listen, he's using uh, imagery from the financial world about gain and loss, okay? But then he switches the metaphor in verse 9, and he uses a legal term. It's as if we moved from the bank to the courthouse, all right? And he says that I don't have a righteousness that comes from my keeping of the law, but that which is a gift from God that comes from God. So, so righteousness is about a right standing. And so uh, what Paul is saying is that once I, even though I was super religious, okay, like all people, if, you, if I stood before God on my own merit, then what's going to happen is God's going to look at my life and he's going to say, you are guilty of great wrongdoing in my sight. And our wrongdoing, what the Bible calls sin, our sin separates us from God because God is a holy God. He is a perfect God. He is a just God. And so how can we then be declared righteous and not guilty? There's really one of two ways. Paul begins by saying, look, not having a righteousness of my own. Okay, so this first way is, don't miss this, either established through our performance, okay, which would then, the basis would be our record. You got that? That's option number one. And maybe that's been your view of God. Maybe that's like, you know, most people not only believe in God, they believe in an afterlife. And most people that I talk to in Medford, they, I say, like, well, well, how are you going to be good with God? Like, why would God, you know, welcome you into his presence forever? And, and most people, just a common answer is, I try to be a good person. I try to do good things. That's option number one. We can never be good enough, guys. We, we, can, we can never earn our way. We can never perform our way back to God because even the, even the slightest sin, because God is perfect and holy, it separates us from God. It declares us guilty. And so we need option number two. We need, we need the righteousness of Christ that is coming from a gift, uh, as a gift from God. It's established not by our performance, but our position in Christ by faith. And it's not based on our record. It's based on Jesus' record. And so this is the story of the gospel. This is what makes Good Friday so good, okay? As 1 Peter 3.18 says, but for Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God. Did you catch that? The righteous Jesus Christ for the unrighteous, you, you and I, that he might bring us back to God. And so let me just, let's just keep it real for a moment. I know it's Easter. I know we got all dressed up and I know, you know, it's like, hey, but let's just, let's just keep it real. No one in the room can stand before God on their own merit with the words not guilty hanging over their head. Listen, God has read your text messages. He's seen what you do in the dark. He's seen what I do. 
what I've done. And yet, because he is so amazing and radical in his love, he doesn't leave us to ourselves, but he comes chasing after us through the person and work of Jesus Christ. And he says, I want you back. I want you back. I want you to know this relationship with me again, not because of what you have done, because of what I have done. And so my my encouragement to you, my, my, my plea with you today is to receive that gift. Like you've never known that. If you've never known like to, to how to have this unbroken, unfiltered relationship with God again, it, it is offered to you through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so Paul is saying, I want to I gain Christ. I want to be found in him. And then he goes on and he says in, in verses uh, t- 10, uh, he says that I may know him, know Jesus, and the power of his resurrection. And so, so let me, let me, let me sh- share this with you, okay? The resurrection of Jesus is not a philosophical idea detached from reality, okay? The resurrection of Jesus is a historical event that hits home in the most personal ways. You see, God wants us to know the power of the resurrection of Jesus, okay? Not just for the afterlife, but also in this life, like right now, today, and tomorrow. And so we need this power. Listen, uh, Paul in another place is amazing. He, he, he's praying for this group of, of people who follow Jesus in the book of Ephesians. Okay, it's actually the book before Philippians. You can check it out later this afternoon if you want. All right, he, And he's praying for them. And he says that he wants them to know the power that is work in them, okay, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Wow. Wow. So, so, so listen, if, if you are in Christ, if you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, okay, then this power is in you. It's in you. And we need this power because you and I both know, like, we live in a messed up world. We live in a broken world. We live in a world that we know that things are not the way they are supposed to be. This is true around us as we look around, as we read the headlines, okay? But, but, but listen, this is the hope of the resurrection, okay? This is like the, the resurrection was the down payment on what is to come. And so when we pray, okay, this is good, all right? Don't miss this. You might want to write this down, okay? When we pray the Lord's Prayer, when we pray our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, oh, your will be done, don't miss on earth as it is in heaven, then what we're saying is, God, help us to live the life of Christ in the power of the resurrection so that the reasons that Jesus came, okay, the reasons that Jesus came to bring justice in the place of injustice, to bring hope in the place of despair, to bring healing for our brokenness, all of that is showing up now in, 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 in ways great and small, okay, great and small, and it will fully come in the very end, as we will see. 
And so we need this power for what is happening around us. But listen, we need this power for what is happening within us. We all struggle. We all have points of pain. We all need God's power to help us in our marriages, in our parenting, in our friendships, in our work. We need God's peace in place of our anxieties. We need God's joy in place of our disappointments and discouragement. You see, the power that God wants to bring us for today and tomorrow, okay, it is a power that can help us navigate all the bumps and bruises of this life, okay? It is a power that can help us overcome the troubles that are sure to come, okay? But also, it is a power that doesn't just help us for the difficult things, okay? It is a power that helps us accomplish our greatest dreams that lie on the horizon, Wow, what I'm trying to communicate to you is that Jesus is alive and his resurrection changes every single moment of every single day as we depend and rely on his power at work in us by his spirit that he has given us. I hope you know this power that Jesus brings. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. And so Paul says, look, there's, there's more than our past experiences. There's more than our present experiences, but there is also more to experience forever. You see, it's, it's, not, it's not just for today and tomorrow. Yes, the resurrection changes our eternal future. Paul had a hope in a better world to come. Listen, a place where all evil would be eradicated forever. And everything good would be visible and tasted and seen. The life that God wants us to experience, it will be in full measure in that day. Why is that? It is because we will be in the presence of God forever through Jesus Christ. And so Paul talks about this earlier, and if you just want to, if you have your Bible, you can flip back a, a couple chapters. At the end of chapter 1, in verse 21, he, he makes this radical statement. Listen to this. He says, for to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. All right, just think about that. For, for to me to live, like, my whole life is defined by Jesus. It is driven by Jesus. He is everything to me. And yet, I know that when it comes my time, like we're all going to die one day, right? When it comes my time to die, in that moment, death is gain. It's better. And why is that, Paul? Well, he goes on and he says in verse 23, my desire is actually to depart and to be with Christ, for that is far better. Listen, what makes heaven heaven 
is, is not simply the eradication of evil. It's not the restoration of all the things that we hope for, including, let's not minimize, our reunification with the people that have passed before us that we love so much. Listen, that is a great hope. Man, I am hoping in that. But the greatest thing about heaven and the greatest thing about God's kingdom to come, the new heavens and the new earth, is that we will be forever with God, where there is fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. That is what we have to look forward to in Christ. And so I just want, to, want you to think about this with me as, as we consider this, this moment and this Sunday, okay? Um, Listen, it, it is really, and this is the way the Bible talks about it, okay? It, it is really like Jesus is raised and there is a better today and tomorrow and future. Or nothing really matters. And, and I know that might sound like kind of radical. That might sound kind of, you know, extreme. But, but, but listen, this is what Paul says. He says, look, if, 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 if the dead are not raised, if Christ was not raised, like, let's eat and drink for tomorrow we die. In other words, like, it doesn't really matter how we live. It doesn't matter what we believe. It doesn't matter what we do. It doesn't matter how we treat people, okay? If there's no consequence, if there's nothing beyond this life. But the story of Jesus says, look, every moment matters because Jesus is alive. Nothing that we do in this life is in vain because it all adds up and counts for eternity. And so this is, this is what G.K. Chesterton said in his book, Orthodoxy. He, he, he talks about the, the difference, don't miss this, the difference between mere existence and then the reality of Jesus and the unending celebration that is found in him. Okay, so just listen to what he, he says. If a man says that extinct, extinction is better than existence, okay, like just being, being dead is, is, is better than actually being alive, or blank existence is better than variety and adventure, then I have nothing to offer him. If a man prefers nothing, I can give him nothing. But now listen to these words. But nearly all the people I have ever met would agree to the general proposition that what we need this life, that we need this life of practical romance. The combination of something that is strange with something that is secure. We need so to view the world as to combine the idea of wonder and the idea of welcome. We need to be happy in this wonderland without once being merely comfortable. And then Chesterton goes on to say, this is the achievement of Christianity. This is the achievement of Christ. Okay, so let me break that down for you. What Chesterton is saying is that in Jesus, we have something that is so sure, something that is so solid, okay, that we know we are welcomed, and because God is God and God is faithful, it is concrete, and we can rest assured that we have all that he says we have. At the same time, there is not only something stable and secure in this welcome, but there is also something that pushes us out into Endless adventure and 
endless celebration and endless delight. And so that's why I try to tell people all the time, like, if you think Christianity is a set, of, a list of, you know, do's and don'ts, okay, and it's just kind of this boring, monotonous, mundane kind of, you know, deal, okay, listen, you really don't have a clue. You don't have a clue. Because Jesus came to bring us life. He came to bring us abundant life now and eternal life forever. And so because of him, listen, there, there is endless adventure ahead. There, there are endless celebrations ahead. God is, is walking with us. He is for us. He wants to amaze us with this relationship with him and what he wants to do in the future moving forward in us and through us. And so I would just, I would just put before you today, Jesus Christ lived and died and rose again so that you can experience everything you ever dreamed of experiencing in this life and in the life to come. I hope that you would say, listen, I'm beginning to understand or I'm understanding in a much deeper way that because Jesus is alive, there is more. There is more than my past experiences. There's more than my present experiences. And there is certainly more for me in the future ahead. And so what I want to do is I want to invite Dan and the team to come up. And they're going to lead us in a couple of songs. But this is, this is a time not just to kind of make it to the end of Easter Sunday or Redemption Hill. Okay, this is a time for us to all just reflect together. And to say, you know what? God, if you are this real, and if you have done all of this for me, then that is probably worthy of my attention, like right here and right now. And so listen, I don't, I don't know where you are. I don't know how we can help you in your spiritual journey, but I'm convinced there must be many ways that we can help you in your spiritual journey. So what I want to encourage you to do before I pray, and even during my prayer, you can just take time to fill out this little connect card. And we, we would hope that every person here, even if you are uh, have been a part of Redemption Hill for, for, for years, we want everyone to fill this out today because we want to know at minimum, hey, how can we be praying for you to know the power of the resurrection in your daily life? But then at the same time, listen, I know there are some people in the room that like, man, light bulbs are just going off. Wow, like that's what the cross was all about? That's what the death of Jesus was all about? That's what the resurrection is all about? Like it's not just about the afterlife, it's also for this life? And I can like have that? Wow, I want in. Like I want to know Christ in that way. And so listen, if that's you, if that's you, as you would say, like, I'm no longer trusting in a righteousness of my own through my own performance, but I want to trust in what Jesus has done for me, then please just let us know that. Check, I am taking the step to go all in with Jesus, that first option on your card. We want to rejoice with you. We want to celebrate with you because of what Jesus is doing in your soul right now. But then others of you might say, you know what, I, I'm not there yet, but I'm open to exploring more about Jesus. We're, we're, not, the, we're not like pressure people, okay? We're not going to like hound you and like give you 10 Bibles to read, you know, over the next two weeks or whatever. Just, we want to be helpful to you in your journey. So if you want to explore more, let us know that. Listen, whatever step you need to take to experience the, the life, the death, the power of the resurrection of Jesus, that is why we're here. We want to serve you and help you in your journey. So let me pray for you, and then we're going to continue singing in worship of the risen King, King Jesus. God, thank you for today. 
Lord, thank you for who you are and what you've done for us in Christ. And God, I pray that these moments would be more than just ordinary moments, God. They would be extraordinary moments. They would be supernatural moments where you just get into our business, get up in our hearts, God, and call us to a better place. Call us to the life that you want us to experience and live in Christ. And so, God, whatever step people need to take today, God, would you move them? Would you give them the courage to say, you know what? Why not today? Today is the day for me to move forward in my relationship with you. God, would you make it true? Would you make it so? We pray this in the name of Jesus.